podcast listeners, this is a single mom of purpose coming back to give you another episode on discipleship. Okay, we have been discussing the book by Max Anders, New Christian's Handbook, Everything Believers Need to Know. We are in chapter 9. The title of chapter 9 is How Do We Get the Bible? And this episode is brought to you by Kingdom Gals Ministries. And let's go ahead and get right into this. We're going to be doing the chapter at a glance. Uh, There's three parts of it. The Bible is revealed by God. The Bible is inspired by God. And the Bible is recognized by the church. Okay, so let's go right into the Bible is revealed by God. If mere men wrote the Bible, why do we think it is the word of God? How can we be sure it doesn't have mistakes in it? How did the writers get their information? Can we really have confidence in the Bible? Many people feel a little uneasy about the process of getting the Bible. God could have dropped a finished Bible out of heaven. The fact that he didn't should not escape us as unimportant. God oversaw the process of giving us the Bible so that we could have confidence that the Bible is the word of God. First, God revealed his truth to humanity in two ways general revelation and special revelation general revelation comes to us through three primary sources one is nature who has not looked up into the night sky with scars hang stars hanging like so many tiny crystals on black velvet and not have the thought cross his mind there must be a god that common experience is no accident God intended for creation to reflect him as any piece of art reflects the artist and draws the onlooker's mind from the art to the artist. The beauty, order, magnitude, and intricacy of nature reveal to us that there is a God. Romans 1, 18 through 20. Number two, providence. God's intervention in the affairs of a people or a person often reveals the truth of God. People who have nearly been killed often feel they have been spared by God for a reason. Nations rise and fall on such tenacious threads that God seems to have a clear role in their welfare. Romans 8, 28. And three, conscience. Romans 2, 15 teaches us that God has written his law on the human heart. This explains the inner sense of right and wrong that all people have. Also, there is an inner sense that the supernatural exists, a fact that pulls us to belief in God. Ecclesiastes 3.11 These inner senses make up our conscience, which needs to be informed by Scripture if if it is to have its full benefit in our lives. But our conscience tells us that there is a God until or unless we kill the message. Special revelation is communication that has come to us directly from God. There are two sources of special revelation. Number one, Bible. Without the Bible, we might believe that there was a God, but we would not know who he was, whether he wanted whether he wanted or 
expected anything from us or how to get to know him. The Bible fills in those gaps and through the scripture we can be led into an understanding of who God is and how to develop a relationship with him. Number two, Jesus. The Bible calls Jesus the word of God. John 1.1, Revelations 19.13, which reveals a very close connection in the mind of God, the Father between the written word, the Bible, and the living word, Jesus. Jesus has revealed to us a more complete form than just the Bible could, but God is like. Okay. How can we be related to him and what God expects of us? General revelation tells us that there is a God, but only special revelation is sufficient to save us. Acts 4.12 The Bible is inspired by God. When God revealed his word to humans for the Bible, he supernaturally oversaw the writing down of the scriptures so that without the loss of the writer's own personalities, they composed and recorded without error God's revelation in the original manuscripts and letters. The word we use for this process is inspiration, which is an easily misunderstood word. We commonly speak of artists having been inspired to do a great work. Shakespeare was inspired when he wrote Hamlet. It inspired Beethoven wrote his Fifth Symphony. Michelangelo was inspired when he painted his Sistine Chapel. By these uses of inspired, we mean simply that the individual reached down within himself or herself and produced a work that was above the ordinary, even for other geniuses. This is not what is meant when we say the Bible is inspired. The word inspired, when it is used in reference to the Bible, is a technical term meaning God breath, breathe. 2 Timothy 3.16 2 Peter 1, 20-21 says, Holy men of God spoke as they, were, as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. In 2 Samuel 23, 2-3, King David, as he lay dying, said, The Spirit of the Lord spoke by me, and his word was on my tongue. These passages give us a picture of scripture that came to us from God through men. The writers of scripture were being supernaturally guided to write what God wanted written, though God did not dictate it. Each man's own personality, background, writing style, and temperament come through. Moses did not write like Isaiah. He did not write like Paul, etc. There are some who say that only the ideas or concepts are inspired, or that the Bible contains God's inspired word, but that the Bible has errors in it, and the part that have errors in it are not God's word. However, no two people agree completely on which concepts or spots are inspired. There ends up being no final authority for what is true and what is not true. Therefore, we have to come up with a definition that is airtight as we can make it. The Bible is verbally and totally inspired and without error in the original manuscripts. This definition has a number of implications. One, the individual words, not just the idea or concepts, are inspired and without error. Two, all the words are inspired and without error, if 
it is not true that some words are inspired and others not. Three, only the original manuscripts are without error. Minor transcription errors may exist. In fact, they account for less than one of 1,000 of the texts, but none affect any doctrine. And four, we can have complete confidence in the accuracy of all the Bible. And lastly, we're going into the Bible is recognized by the church. God surveillantly oversaw a process of men recognizing the books and letters God had inspired and collecting them into one book, the Bible. The collection of books in the Bible is called the Canaan, Old Testament Canaan. Hope I'm saying it right. Jesus gave his stamp of approval on the 39 books that make up our Old Testament. In Luke 24, 44, Jesus referred to all the things that must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. These three sections make up the entire Old Testament, the New Testament canon, canon, C-A-N-O-N, that's how it's spelled. Um, In A.D. 397, the final collection of books and letters that make up the Protestant New Testament was officially recognized at the Council of Carthage. This council of early church leaders did not declare a book to be inspired. It just recognized the inspiration that was already there. In conclusion... While it is interesting and helpful to know about the formation of the canon, canon, I don't know, C-A-N-O-N, of scriptural books, we must trust in the sovereignty of God for their authenticity. If God is going to hold us accountable to truth, he must see to it that we have the truth. God in his providence oversaw the process of forming the canon. The witness of the Spirit in the lives of believers who read the Bible and the change that the Holy Spirit brings about in their lives is a final telling testimony to the fact that we have the Word of God as He intended us to have it. Okay? And if you've been listening, you know at the end they give a scripture that has to, that they want you to memorize. This chapter's memorization of scripture is 2 Timothy Three, sixteen through 17 and they always end with a prayer and the prayer states dear lord thank you for revealing your truth to us thank you for making sure we have a trustworthy message it is such a comfort to know your will and i pray you will help me dedicate my life fully to doing your will amen okay everybody so i thank you for listening again this is chapter nine continuing the discussion on discipleship the book uh by max anders is title is new christians handbook everything believers need to know um yeah so so far we have learned about the trinity which is god the father jesus the son and the holy spirit about what did Jesus do? What did Jesus teach? Who is Jesus? Um, What has God done? And who is God? 
So we will be continuing this discussion. Um, I will be back um, hopefully sooner than later to continue and going into chapter 10, which I'll give you the title of chapter 10. What is the story of the Bible? Okay, that'll be our next discussion on this subject. And um, I just pray everyone is doing well going through this pandemic and all the craziness that comes with it uh this election oh my goodness um but yeah and um uh what else what else what else oh i've started a new uh blog series on my new website uh www.kingdomgalesministries.com it is called the pastor's corner um, so I hope you guys will be able to check that out. Um, 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 you can follow me on Twitter, Kingdom Gals Ministries. Um, the same on Instagram. I have a Facebook group, Kingdom Gals Ministries as well. Um, and once again, thank you. I sound like I'm, my voice is starting to leave me. I do talking, um, my regular job eight hours a day, five days a week. So it's just like nonstop talking. So, um, hopefully it'll get better. Um, until next time guys, I will, uh, be back. We'll continue this discussion and I hope that you continue to listen. Uh, you have an amazing evening, an amazing week, um, that is left for us. An awesome weekend. We will be talking shortly.